Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. I'm here with my dear friends, Cassandra and Alicia. Welcome, ladies. Hey, Kel. Hey, Kel. hey Cass. How are you, Leishy? That's good. So we're going to look at the astrology of the week starting April 22nd This in this episode. And I mean, I'm kind of excited because this week starts off with a bang, Uranus on the sun or the sun on Uranus at two Taurus, Monday, the April 22nd in Canada and the States, which will be Tuesday for you gals down under and any of our other listeners uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. Any thoughts on this one to kick us off, you two? Well, I mean, this is the first. <laughs> this is the first time this is actually going to happen with Uranus in Taurus because it, it didn't is. happen last time when it dipped no. in because it dipped in just after the sun moved out of Taurus. So, yeah, it's it's going to really throw a spotlight on this whole Uranus and Taurus energy and what it's been doing for people. And I feel like for those who are going through Uranus transits right now, as I know I am, um, it's going to bring that stuff even more to the surface. It's going to really highlight and bring it up. So, yeah, just lots of feeling, you know, wherever it is in your life where you're feeling like there's a lot of change happening or where you're having to shift to be more independent or authentic, um, and I feel like, you know, with the sun in Taurus, there is that resistance to change. Um, but Uranus is in there going, you know what? Come on, move, <laughs> move your butt, change it up a bit. Although Venus will already be in Aries by then. So at least there's less resistance. There's a lot more chance to flow. You know, she's ruling that sun in Taurus there. So there will be a bit more dynamism um, and less of wishy-washy whatever with the Venus in Pisces so yeah that's my thoughts what about you girls look I am uh, pretty excited about it same deal leash like first time we have the sun and Uranus together in Taurus I really like watching the sun cycle through the sky and checking out those dates each year where the sun conjuncts or meets the outer planets like once a year the sun's with Uranus once a year the sun's with um, Neptune the sun's with Pluto and that what have you and it's a great chance to get used to or tune into that Uranus energy so I think it's a pretty exciting and unpredictable start to the week I think as you sit down on Monday morning and the way you think your week's going to go and the way it actually will go will be two totally different things. But with Uranus around, I always think flexibility and spontaneity are the best survival strategies. Like if everything changes, just go with the change. There can be opportunities in the chaos. So don't be too rigid with, uh, with what comes up. And the other big buzzword I love for Uranus is authenticity. So that idea of, of holding true to what's right for you. And, you know, if it's yellow flowers or a Metallica t-shirt or whatever it happens to be, you know, like just do you like, um, don't, don't hide what's real for you. Put it out there. Mm. Basically what you're interested in. Don't feel that you have to conform or tone it down. Just be like, Hey, I've got crazy hair. I'm not going to spend three hours trying to make it look like it should in a magazine. It's, this is just what it looks like if you have crazy hair, but maybe you don't, maybe you have other things. <laughs> Crazy mind. <laughs> Crazy mind, you know, all, all the weird is welcome, basically. Yeah. What about you, Cass? 
Oh, what about me? Yeah, I sort of think this thing, like we've had Uranus in Taurus, you know, for a big portion of 2017. It's been back in Taurus now for a good six weeks or so. And I kind of get this feeling, it's like when we speak of earthquakes and what have you, you know, they just don't happen randomly. It's like those tectonic plates shift at the core of the earth ever so subtly, ever so slowly over a long period of time. So we have had that maybe sense of buildup or a forebodedness or those attachments to things or those resistance to things. We all have our inner stubborn streak somewhere. So there might be that thing that is in your life that you kind of might be aware that is changing or is shifting or and you don't know what that looks like and you're a little bit nervous about it and it's like oh if I you know step into this new frontier can I ever go back and it's this sort of feeling that things are shifting and changing and I think with you know there's that those are those tectonic plates whether you know um, where we like them or not and so I think when we get this aspect what the build-up kind of suggests is that you know, you can push things down or you can ignore those little rumblings within yourself, but, you know, eventually they they have that potential to bust right open. Um, and so that's where we do need to embrace that, uh, those other themes like the chaos or the change or, um, but this was our plan. Okay, but now I'm going to go and do that plan or yeah, it's like, oh, stuff it. I'm going to a corporate event in a Metallica t-shirt, whatever it is for you. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that's, you know, maybe bucking the rules or getting a little bit rebellious. You don't have to uh, do what everybody else says. And so that might be our first entree into how we can be experiencing the larger cycle of Uranus as well. Yeah. I like that analogy you're talking about with the earthquake because, you know, anyone that lives on an earthquake zone, they'll tell you that having lots of little tremors is a good thing because it means yeah. that, you know, when there's that period of stability and stillness, it actually means that it's building up to a big bang. So it's, you know, having those little areas of our life where we can allow change in, just doing it in those small mm. ways will stop it being that big because the pressure just builds yeah. up and builds up and builds up and then suddenly re something really forces you forward. So, yeah, it's that chance to embrace those parts. And as well, you know, it's it's embracing the inner rebel, um, pushing back against things that may be limiting you until now and really giving this a chance to kind of, you know, give it the middle finger and go, this is actually what I'm going to do. And I think with the sun, you know, there's so much about uh, ego in there, but not bad ego, just this is who I identity am. This is my identity. Form. This is this is how I'm going to go forward with this. So maybe in a sense, you know, listen to that inner voice within you, that one that's consistent and constantly driving and, and do some things that honour that this week, that, that allow that to come through. And if mm. you're not that comfortable with it, because I know sometimes, especially for those lovely Taurians who are probably feeling this, it's not actually that comfortable to be stepping out and, and, and being that different person. It's often about blending in and uni unifying and making things peaceful. But you mm. need to. We all are. Every single one of us is a beautiful, unique individual. And if we're not shining that light forward, then what's the point? 
Yeah. Conformity, gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like a break with tradition, you know, mm. do things differently, shake up the status quo. Yeah. I- I'm really excited about it, to be honest. I think. Yeah, me too. Also, yeah. it's it's like the Monday morning and we start this week, the week starting April 22nd. The sun's only just moved into Taurus over the weekend. Venus has only just moved into Aries. And I know we covered that in our last episode, but it's like this Monday morning feels like a real fresh start or sort of some new energy in that sense yeah. that things really are different. Um, yeah. And so, coming off the back of that full moon too, it's almost like that turning point and then boom, you know, there's that fresh start, new you know, just a new feel to it, which isn't, you know, a full moon thing, but it's like we had that full moon on the tipping point of, mm. um, you know, the, the end of Libra there and then, you know, Uranus is coming along. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out for people. And yeah. it's a good segue into what you, you know, that whole um, Pluto retrograde as well, you know, the, what you were talking about, Kel, with the structures and, and the things letting go and what Pluto's actually been happening and doing in Capricorn, you know, tearing all that stuff down. It's like, oh, okay, Uranus is going to highlight that as well. So there is that kind of, yeah, things are just disappearing around us. Um, actually, this is a tarot card I pulled this morning, um, which oh, is wow. the tower, and that's – yeah, that <laughs> feels like Uranus in Taurus and Pluto in Capricorn. Together. Is that the tower card, Leish? Yeah, it's the tower card. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, the Pluto, so Pluto goes retrograde on April 24th, which is April 25th for everyone in Australia. And I don't know, just that just reminded me that this month, April, is such a unique month because Saturn and the South Node and Pluto are so close together this month closer than they've ever been in more than a hundred years, you know, Mm. Saturn and the South node get together and Pluto and the South node get together, but it usually doesn't happen, you know, within the same sort of three or four week period. And there is a lot of energy that's been coming through this April about, you know, destroying old or dated structures or obligations. There's been this really strong purification energy and, uh, I think, you know, that's sort of, it's still around right till the end of the month. You know, we don't have Saturn on the South Node till the last day of April. Uh, I think it'll be 1st of May for Australia. Uh, So there is this sense of like, of pushing, or as you mentioned, cast the tectonic plates. Uh, They've been moving and sometimes they've been moving without our awareness. And with Pluto going retrograde, there's a, a sense of like, oh, I need to shift or this can't keep happening anymore. There's like an absolute kind of deadline or ending of some kind. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, Yeah, I think uh, what was it that came out of, I think Tony Howard quoted it on his Astrology University page, like that, you know, bullshit doesn't survive a Pluto transit. And so when I think it was uh, was a Lawrence Hillman that might have said that. <coughs> yeah, in the, Lawrence did the in the um, yeah. the astrology summit. Yeah. So um, yeah, and I mean, I think when you know Pluto being such a poignant piece of the astrology that we're we're working through right now, the fact that it's stationing, it's going to turn retrograde. It, it might be. Uh, you know working out what that bullshit really is you know on the micro and of course on the macro as well so 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be that, sh- that you know, more internalizing and shifting those feelings within, you know, what am I not, what structures do I need to let, let go of or destroy in my own life that just simply aren't working for me anymore. Um, I know we've talked about the houses in our birth charts that are, mm. you know, Capricorn and all these eclipses and yada, yada are activating for us and, you know, sort of reflecting on what April is it's really much a you know an entree into what this whole 12 months is about and then moving into january's uh, big kahuna of um the conjunction between saturn and pluto so i think you know a bit of a retrospective on the month will kind of give you a little bit of your own personal clue and insight as to what might be a continuation of theme for you know this year um and into early next so I know for myself, for example, I, you know, it's in my eighth house, Capricorn. So I even changed banks during Mercury retrograde and yes. organi- reorganized direct debits <clears throat> and all that sort of stuff. And apart from one, you know, very easily fixable thing, it was a seamless um, transition at a time where I was like, oh, do I really want to be doing this now with all the you know Pisces madness that's been going on? But it just felt right. It was an instinctual feel. It's like right, no, I'm doing it now um, while that uh, the feeling's right, and it was a seamless process. So I guess that sort of I guess uh, reiterates that it was a very much of a needed change for me. So if there was no pushback or resistance, so that was a great thing for me. So yeah, it's like yeah. that lean into whatever you, you feel and. Yeah, it will be the the right choice, no doubt. Yeah. And it's also, um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people about suddenly they're just letting go. They've been butting Mm. their heads against things since Saturn moved into Capricorn, you know, in in December 2017. And suddenly they've gone, you know what, I just can't do it anymore. And yet something awesome and new has come in. So it's that sense, and I, I must have had about, not one, not two, but about five conversations in the last two weeks about exactly those those lines with clients, with friends. And so it really feels like something else has come in. So it's like they've learned a lot about tenacity and perseverance and strength through what they've been butting their heads against, but actually where they need to be focused is somewhere else. And, yeah. you know, for me, it's been happening in the 10th house and there's a bit of that for me as well in, a, around career and what I'm meant to be doing and where I'm meant to be going and, and what it looks like, the kind of structures I've built up with it. But mm. I'm also really aware too that all this, you know, Pluto, South Node, Saturn together is actually the beginning of six months of Saturn and the South Node retrograding backwards together through the sky because South Node retrogrades anyway all the time and then Saturn and so that that whole point of them sitting there together will literally go through I think until October the two of them will be in the same two degrees together Mm. looking at points in history when this has happened at the same time it happens about every 25 to 30 years from what I could figure out because I did all got all Scorpio and did some research on this love it (laughs) we're talking about the beginning like literally when World War II started, the whole Hitler invading Poland and Russia and Germany coming together and actually making an agreement that not that they would work together, but they wouldn't work against each other, that kind of stuff. Another time later was when the Berlin Wall fell. You know, that was quite literally, you know, letting go of old structures so new things could come in. Um, there's some others that are slipping my mind right now, but it, it really is that 
the whole way of living that we knew, the traditional things that were in place, the hierarchies um, will not survive this. You know, what happened in World War II, especially in Europe and the way that women were suddenly allowed into the workforce because they were needed to be. And it totally changed family structures and, and losing so many men as well, just the way that society functioned at those levels just totally changed after that period of time. The traditional hierarchy of men being the rulers and, and the, the patriarchal thing, that was really the signal time for, for things to shift and change. So it would be really interesting what happens worldwide and personally to people over the next six months. Hugely so. Yeah, I guess that's just a huge part of – you know, these times that we live in, you know, the Chinese mm. sort of say, may you live in interesting times and these are <laughs> kind of interesting and hectic. And, yeah, I think that quote, Cass, that sort of launched us into this discussion, you know, bullshit doesn't dis- survive a Pluto transit, um, yeah, it was Lawrence Hillman at the Astrology University 2020 Epic Cycles of Change and Renewal Summit um, that just happened recently. I think you can still get the recordings online, but that was all designed to look at that cycle you're talking about, Leish. Yeah. Cause Saturn Pluto mm. together, I think particularly in the side of Capricorn, you know, Capricorn is a sign that really represents tradition and structure. It talks about things that have existed for a really long time, but the Saturn Pluto kind of really speaks to where power has been consolidated or even hoarded and with the south node in the mix, there's this sense of like, we need to decentralize that power or we need to destabilize people who are, you know, power hungry or using power for kind of illicit or um, personal, you know, they're kind of just doing mm. it for themselves rather than mm. um, making a contribution or giving back in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really kind of around the time when, um, the last uh, conjunction between you know, Jupiter and Saturn um, where that we had Pluto and Sagittarius at the time and globalisation started to become such a key word and it sounded great in theory um, but what has sort of happened with that is that, you know, all of the uh, – the profits or, you know, big people, it just sort of all got funneled in one direction. So I think there will be that breaking down of kind of what's been built up at least over the last 20 years and even beyond that. Um, mm. And it will probably, you know, we've got different sorts of, you know, people, you know, like probably next thing Australia want to be a republic, you know. So there's this sort of sense that things will start really breaking away from the way that we've really been kind of headed towards um over the last 20 years so at least from a more Capricornians uh perspective and then of course we we break down some of these structures these power dynamics and then hopefully move into a little bit more of the Aquarian uh side of things moving forward where it becomes perhaps a little bit more um uh, you know less centralized <laughs> at least with the interests of of certain people you know um at the top of the pyramid so to speak yeah, absolutely. So some of these larger things are just kind of pinged a little bit this week with the mm. Pluto retrograde. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, we do have the moon moving through Capricorn. So she's actually picking up on the Pluto Saturn South node pairing. So there is a little bit of like reality check versus 
you know, what do you want to let go of? What are you willing to kind of uh, maybe pull apart or if you like, like symbolically burn up so that you can have, you know, clear space or calmness to come through. Mm. Mm, yeah. The crucible of transformation. That's what it feels like. <laughs> That's a really good point, Leish. That's such a good point. Um, so I guess that brings us to the weekend. Yes. Yes, and Mars meets Neptune. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Is it like um, a weekend for wine or the beach or something? <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't really got that far. <laughs> <laughs> Still got to work it out. But, um, yeah, certainly the uh, wine-beach weekend combo if you uh, live in a climate that's beachable. <laughs> And it's it's a long weekend. Well, almost a long weekend. I think a lot of people are going to make it into a four day long weekend here in Australia because of the yeah. Anzac Day holiday. So um, Thursday, correct? Oh, yeah. of course, yes. Yeah. Oh, my little Which, nephew's turning yeah. one. Oh my! I gosh. know. I thought about that. It's crazy how fast that time's gone. I remember. Oh my! Being at the gym when he was born. You know, we were kind of counting. When's he going to be? What when is it going to be? I know. You know we were all looking at the astrology. Like, has she had him yet? Is it this rising sign? And I think I said to you guys, I don't want this one. I want the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's I right. That. Of course, my sister has no idea. She's in labor trying to get the baby out of her. So she, uh, <laughs> at that but, point, you don't care what their ascendant's going to be. It's just like, well, no, of course. <laughs> and it was one of the most nerve wracking things having my sister go through that one of my sisters I've got three beautiful sisters um and just one of us has had a baby and it I was in, te in tears at some points like just so uh you know anxious and worried for her basically um anyway you guys have both had kids you know how emotional it is it was I always say it was like I feel like it's sort of the closest that I might get in the sense that mm. she's one of my sisters who I'm very close to I won't I don't you know by choice I, I won't have my own children so yeah it's it's a very profound thing I mean obviously but you know when you've gotten a but little bit closer to it it's like oh I get it now yeah yeah and to, yeah, to be I honest, mean, I think it's more emotional for other people <laughs> rather than you when you're going through it because it's like, I just want to get through it. And then you get to the other side and you're absolutely drained. And yeah, but it, of course, there's that moment of just holding that beautiful little being there. Mm. But it oh, feels yes, really right for this Mars Neptune. Is, yeah. And I guess that's a good thing to keep in mind. You know, there's been a lot of um, focus on what is potentially going to be lost from us um, through this uh, meat grinder in air quotes. Um, but, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, we do, there are, is good things to be looked forward to. And, you know, that is the, the rhythm of life, whether we like it or not, or, you know, we're, a lot of people are so um, disconnected from nature now that, you know, nothing is born until something dies. And it's, it's just the, the cycle and um you know the fact that we're starting to talk about babies now <laughs> you know like you know there is yeah. a, a certain death of our identity when we become mothers or fathers or you know whether we adopt a child or whatever and I remember the first time I got to leave the house um with just wallet keys and phone I mean Oh, that was like, you know, I felt like a new experience again after, you know, baby bottles, changes, you know, all these sorts of things. And, you know, we have this beautiful new being in our lives, but there will always be that, you know, 
the BC, as I call it, the before child, you know, and I think yeah. that this year <laughs> for many of us will have that sort of uh, before and after uh, type of feel to it once we get to sort of tw- 2020, 2021, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, remember that 2019? Yeah. So it is yeah. a bit of a turnaround point in for a lot of us in, in many different ways, collectively and individually as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, so birth true. is messy. Birth is full of blood and guts and pain and tension poop. and stress. Also poop. Oh yeah, there's poop. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. <laughs> there is, and I, I won't mean, go into my, my poop story with birth. But anyway, <laughs> it is. It's. But that's a really good point, Leash. Like I know I wrote about you know our kitchen renovation on my blog earlier um, in the month. It's the same kind of thing. If you want to make mm. something new or fresh or shiny or you know, just new, you have to go through the messy creation or destruction process first. So so even when we were all Marie condoing, you know, our houses got messy before they got yeah. clean again. Oh, my like, God, oh my yeah. God, look at all this shit that I own, you know, like. Yeah. And then you sort of got to that point, oh, why did I even start this? It's taking so much longer <laughs> than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And then you finally get through the other side. And I think we've all become a little bit um, – Oh, maybe just, you know, sometimes we forget that the process also has its own merit and its own value, you know, and this is kind of April. It's a bit of a process month and um, and that is the meantime, the treading water, the marking time, however you want to describe it, is um, sometimes unpleasant. And we are in that sort of that space between eclipses um, and knowing, you know, the intensification that these ones are likely to offer as well. So, yeah. Do we have any more aspects? No. I just wanted one last thing (laughs) on this Mars. I just also, there's a part of it because of the Neptune has had so much focus with that Mercury retrograde mayhem that was around that. I feel Mm. like we got a really good sense of what that Neptune was and what those visions and ideals that we may have. And this Mars is coming in to bring the tension to that point to go, I want to fight for those ideals and those ones I want to cut away. You know, these are the ones I'm willing to put all my energy and passion and desire into and these are the ones that aren't worth it anymore. So it's Mm. like we re-evaluated, reassessed, and now we know really where we want to go. So the Mars is going to give us that drive to really push forward into this as well. So there's definitely a sense of letting go, but there's also a reinvigoration of some of those other desires and ideals that we wanted to, to fight for and, and, and chase after. Beautiful. So that's the Mars square Neptune coming in on the weekend on the 27th, 28th. Yep. So it's late Saturday night here, isn't it? So it must be Saturday morning in the U S. Yes. Yes. I beg your pardon. Yes, all Saturday. Sorry, I thought I had yeah. my asterisk to make it the next day in Australia, but I didn't. That's just how I drew the messy Pisces symbol on that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, I mean, yeah, that's great. Lots of food for thought this week. Sorry, Cass. Yeah, I mean, we have sort of harped on a lot about the uh, the less desirable aspects of astrology, but just before we wind up, um, 
you know, we do have a Moon-Jupiter conjunction this week. So that's, you know, a little bit of a glimmer of hope in, in everything. So what's that, the 23rd, about uh, late Tuesday. on the, uh, the 23rd for us. So Yeah, so yeah. I think that's 23rd for everyone. So there is yeah. a, a bright spot. And that's kind of how the Moon cycle is working at the moment. We've got Jupiter and then the Saturn South Node Pluto. Mm-hmm. They're inside next, signs next to each other. So yeah. we get the, yeah. the optimism and then we get the reality check about 48 hours later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, not, so it adds an optimism point. <laughs> you guys like said the same thing. I love it. <laughs> it's the, but it adds that optimism to that day because that's the same day as the sun Uranus. So it's like, you know, shit's going to fall apart, but hey, we're happy. We'll, we'll be embracing it and going with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, she'll be, she'll, she'll be right. She'll be right, mate. I love she'll it. Be right. I love it. So what do you gals have going on? Anything you want to share with our listeners that's coming up for each of you? I will have Um, my new moon group happening on Thursday, the 2nd of May for anyone on the Sunshine Coast. So that'll be the new moon in Taurus. Um, So to, to hop onto Facebook and book in for that. Excellent. What yeah, for me, I'm just pretty much, yeah, consults at the moment, uh, heavily booked with uh, client appointments and then start the, uh, and sort of in the writing den as well, back on in that sphere as well. So clients, nothing really special right now. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm not saying that what I'm doing is not special, but I don't have anything, uh, you know, any extra news to announce at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cass, I know you and I are in kind of, we're starting to get in that pre-Norwak conference prep stage. I mean, I'm not quite there yet. I'm just trying to get other things done so I can get to that stage, but it's it's coming up. This is a bit Uh, of a, I I guess in uh, reflection of the astrology, I think April is just me trying to tie off as many loose ends as I can. So I can then dedicate those first two thirds of May to Norwak prep. And then of course, after Norwalk, I'm going down to San Diego to do some lectures and workshops down there in mid-June. So lots of prep and things uh, to You're going that time on of day again. Which is fantastic. <laughs> and the chickens have jo- chimed chickens. in to make sure they yeah. do not get ignored. And Cass, um, Cass and I have come prepared. We're going to have a ceremonial um, Cadbury cream egg after I've our just show. Opened it. Um, <laughs> Your egg's bigger than mine, though, Kel. I've only got Yeah, I, I mean... Sure, but they, it's, about half, it's about half the size of what they used to be, and yeah, it's not I even know. wrapped in no the good. nice silver foil. Like the lid just comes off. I don't yeah, know. I've that seen must be us. Yeah, I mean, no, I've like, seen those before. I, I I I love overpriced, shiny, pretty looking chocolate, and I only have it once a year. And I want to get that foil, and there's no foil. I mean, like, this is a disappointment. But anyway. Well, you've um, got to have the, the special wrapping. It's yeah. a first world problem for sure. <laughs> oh, I heard something cool environmentally. If you get all – because Easter egg foil can be bad for the environment. So if you get all your foil and wrap it up into one ball, you can throw it in your recycling bin and recycle it. How's that I for have tip? heard this from Sarah Wilson in her latest book, Simplicious Flow. She has said even the tin foil off, like, mm. chocolate and stuff, you, you're supposed yep. to, like – put it all together and in the recycling or something. So yep. that can be the Sun Uranus Earth Day environmental tip from uh, your <laughs> astrologers here. <laughs> so I guess that's it from us this week. Uh, Did you have anything yeah. you wanted to announce, Kel? Oh, yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm not sure if I'm teaching a webinar on the 4th of May. I have to check with my uh, boss 
aka Tony, tell me what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Tony and I run a calendar and then we change it and some get updated and some don't. So, um, so I have nothing of clarity to announce. So I'll um, have more information hopefully in the next episode. Next um, my next online co- course will be running in June. Um, but all my other programs are available for instant download. So if you're looking to study astrology or you want to improve your chart interpretation skills, I've got lots of resources on my website for you. Uh, so I think that's, that's us this week. Awesome. Okay. So we will see you all again very soon. Thanks for listening and, uh, ciao for now. And don't See forget to hit subscribe if you like us. Oh, that's right. Bye. That's what we're supposed to say. Subscribe <laughs> on SoundCloud or iTunes or YouTube. You can also, yep. you can watch us on YouTube if you want the full madness experience of the Water Trio Astrology <laughs> Podcast. And the Metallica t-shirt, of course. And the Metallica t-shirt and the flowers <laughs> and the Easter eggs and the chickens. Okay. Um, everybody and has been accounted yeah. for. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.